2: This is the American Greed Podcast, presented by CNBC. I'm Stacy Keach. In this episode of American Greed, ambitious Miami salesmen capitalize on a golden opportunity.
3: They had gold fever and they had it bad.
2: Over a span of four years, the men import more than $3 billion worth of the precious metal.
3: Go, go,
1: go, go, go. That's what it was. Go get everything. That was just the work of three individuals. It made no sense that they were bringing in that much. But what is the source of their gold? And
4: just who are they doing business with? The gold mining is funded by narcotics It's actually used as a mechanism to launder that money. A kilo of cocaine in the
3: jungle is $2,500. A kilo of gold is thirty dollars to $40,000. What would you rather move?
2: American workers unwittingly refine their dirty gold. And when the racket gets busted, it's these workers who ultimately pay the price.
3: The sad part is a lot of the good people that have lost their jobs because of this. When greed gets into it, all bets are off. That's the motive behind all of it. It's about the money.
2: Florida, land of white sand beaches bathed by the golden sun. Juan Granda is on top of the world. The 32-year-old loves his job. He's a salesman for the company NTR Metals, a wildly successful gold importer. Frank Matterall is a former assistant U.S. attorney for the Southern District of Florida.
4: Remarkable amounts of gold. 2014. These guys imported a billion dollars of gold through the Miami office. Just a few years ago, Ronda works as a subprime home loan lender.
2: But now he's a major player in the glittering world of the gold trade. Traveling across South America in search of new sources of the precious metal. Doug Renadin is a former coworker of Ronda's.
5: Juan was extremely motivated, a little flamboyant but that came with the territory.
2: On his Instagram account, Granda documents his exotic travels. He uses social media to show his friends that he visits the biggest cities and has the best adventures that South America
5: has to offer. It was exactly like a fraternity. We're gonna have a ton of fun, but we're also gonna work.
2: Renadin says he often
5: travels with Granda. We would fly overnight, get hammered before we left, land, get exhausted, take a nap, and then work for four or five days.
2: One day in October, while on a business trip to the Peruvian city of Puerto Maldonado, Rhonda texts his co-workers. Just landed in Puerto, 93 degrees. I'm like Pablo coming to Ecuador to get the coke. Pablo, of course, being Pablo Escobar the notorious Colombian drug lord. The text message will later come back to bite Granda in a court of law. Anthony Salisbury is the special agent in charge for the United States Department of Homeland Security Investigations in Miami.
1: When you have a customer broker bragging about being Pablo Escobar, that kind of lets you know sort of the issue. But maybe it's not just
2: bravado. Juan Granda is more like Pablo Escobar than most people realize. Along with two other NTR salesmen, Granda is involved in an international conspiracy to move illegal product from South America to the United States.
4: There is a multitude
1: of illegal parts of it. In this case, it was illicitly mined gold, purchased with illicit proceeds. Their gold business is dirty.
2: It's illegally mined in secret camps deep in the Amazon rainforest. In a 2018 visit to Peru, Pope Francis calls illegal gold mining one of the tragedies of our time. David Bolton is a private investigator.
3: They've used child labor in Peru and in Colombia. They've been poisoning the environment. They've been deforesting the Amazon.
4: Dirty gold finances organized crime and drug cartels. The elements who are controlling that gold mining are criminal elements with connections to narcotics trafficking. So it's actually used as a mechanism to launder that money.
2: Here's how it works. Drug cartels sit on mountains of cash, but they have a problem. All that
4: money is dirty. If you're a narcotics trafficker and you have $100 million, you can't buy a yacht with cash. You can't buy a house with cash. So you need to hide your proceeds, you need to launder that money.
2: The solution? Invest in mines and sell gold, raw and unrefined, to the U.S. It's a legal export. And even better, it's nearly impossible to trace. Once in the U.S., gold can be melted down and resold. Now the cartel money is clean, thanks to this method of money laundering.
1: You have the ability to hide your illicit monies in in a lot of legitimate transactions. You're basically using our paperwork, the importation system, basically using our stuff against us.
2: And dirty gold touches nearly every American. That phone in your hand, it's filled with gold. Gold is an excellent conductor, making it an ideal element for smartphones, medical devices,
3: and aerospace technology. It's on your finger right now, it's on your watch, it's in your phone, your TV, it's in your car, it's everywhere.
2: The center of the gold trade lies in Miami,
1: Florida. Miami gets about 95% of all the gold um, imported from uh, Latin America, a multi-billion dollar importation industry at one port of entry.
2: NTR Metals touts on its website that it's one of the biggest players in the U.S. gold industry. NTR is an abbreviation for North Texas Refinery, which maintains its home office in Dallas. The company is a subsidiary of the larger firm, Ella Metal.
4: It kept the NTR name because that brand was known well in Latin America.
2: In the late 2000s, NTR Metals sets up shop in an industrial park in Doral, Florida, just outside of the Miami International Airport.
3: It was a cheap warehouse that had an office in it that was run down and they had the melting equipment in the back. The Miami office was the receiving end
5: for the gold that was shipped from Latin America. So it came from Peru, Bolivia, Ecuador.
2: Doug Renardin's official title is Chief Financial Officer for NTR Miami. From his base in Dallas, he oversees the transactions of the Florida branch. Renadín says he got the job at NTR when Elementals' president asked his underlings a specific
5: question. He said, "Which one of you monkeys speaks Spanish?" And I raised my hand. And he goes, "All right, now you're in charge of Latin America."
2: Just three men work out of the Miami office. Samar Baraj is the branch manager, while Renato Rodriguez is a salesman like Juan Granda. The men share a legitimate work history.
5: Sam and Renato worked at HSBC, and then they went to Kaplan, a for-profit university, uh, and that's where they connected with Juan.
1: They weren't cartel guys. They weren't gangsters. No criminal history, no criminal activity. So it's just typical everyday guys.
2: The NTR salesmen quickly learn how competitive the gold business is. The Miami area is home to a handful of gold refineries and importers. The elemental office gives its Florida salesman just one directive.
5: go get every damn ounce you can get your hands on.
4: That was the order. And you'll get paid accordingly to how many ounces you get. Their profit margin is very, very slim. So any business that has a slim profit margin needs to drive volume. So these guys had all the reason in the world to go out and buy as much gold as they could. When searching for gold in South America, the
2: first place to check is
4: Peru, the continent's largest gold-producing country. They smile and dial. They look for people who are selling gold, and they call those people and they say, hey, we will buy your gold, and we will buy it quickly, and we will give you the best price. The NTR
2: salesmen are good at their jobs. Because it's easy when you're paying out top dollar.
5: The advantage of NTR was speed and liquidity. We had the money and we paid because I woke up at 5 o'clock in the morning and requested all this damn money and just went with the wires. And that was our edge.
2: In 2011, the company does absolutely no business in Peru. But by 2012, NTR imports $73 million worth of gold from the country. In 2013, that number jumps to an astounding $980 million of Peruvian gold imports.
5: Daily, it could be from 200,000 to 18, 19 million. It just depends on the day and the volume and what customer was shipping.
2: But just how did they get their hands on that much gold?
0: People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Cannonball! Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash moneytools.
2: In 2013, the salesmen with the NTR Metals office in Miami are flying high. In that year alone, Samer Baraj and his salesmen import nearly $1 billion in gold from Peru.
1: Heroes of the company.
5: They could do no wrong.
1: That was just the work of three individuals. It made no sense that they were bringing in that much.
5: I went down there with them probably 25 times. Did we party? Yes. We went to Machu Picchu, we went to Playa we went to the sand dunes.
2: Far from the exotic sites of South America, the NTR gold is shipped to a refinery deep in the North American heartland called
4: the Ohio Precious Metals Plant, or OPM. They would package it and ship it to Jackson, Ohio, where the gold, which was about 60, 70, 80% pure, was then refined to 99.999% pure and turned into gold bars. Uh, These were OPM. They're stamped uh,
5: Ohio Precious Metals. I would say each of these is about 35,000.
1: It's something which was special. You know, the plant is probably less than a half mile from my house. You know, and you'd see a Brink's truck go by the house. You just didn't think anything about it.
2: Jackson is a small town in the southern part of the state, near the Ohio River. Like many Appalachia communities,
5: it has a very strong resilience. I love all the people there, but that is a very, very, very economically depressed area of the country.
2: At its height, the OPM plant employs about 200 people. It's a significant economic engine for this town of just over 6,000 residents.
5: It was a fantastic opportunity for people in
2: that community. Refining billions of dollars in gold is big business for the refinery. Before they combined forces with NTR in 2012, the Ohio plant mostly focused on scrap gold.
5: When NTR merged with OPM, it introduced all of this mine gold. Uh, which is very pure. And that's when OPM really ramped up.
2: But just where did all this new product come from? How did the NTR Metals Office in Miami secure this much gold?
1: Illicit proceeds of narcotics trafficking were behind this.
2: Federal authorities say organized crime is NTR's most reliable source of the precious metal.
4: In Latin America, right where the narcotics trafficking is happening, you have criminal elements controlling the gold mine. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. They want it moved,
1: the narcos want it moved, they want their money laundered, and then the illicit mines keep cranking
4: out gold. And then if you add to that refineries in the U.S. whose sole purpose and motivation is buying as much gold as possible, you have the perfect storm.
2: Most of the gold NTR buys comes from sources known as gold
4: collectors. The name is purposefully vague. Gold collectors is a term that's used in the industry when gold is being purchased from someone who's in turn purchasing it from sources unknown.
2: While some gold collectors are legit, many are often front companies for
4: criminal organizations. We'd see one company exporting $100 million of gold one month after never having exported gold before. And all of a sudden, it would disappear and never export gold again. Court documents allege
2: that the three NTR salesmen are hooked up with gold collectors by a man named Pedro David Perez Miranda,
4: a.k.a. Peter Ferrari. Peter Ferrari at that time had a reputation in the press for being a well-known money launderer. He's a gangster. Peter Ferrari is a powerful
5: man the business of gold.
2: Oscar Castilla is a journalist with the Peruvian investigative news outlet OjoPublico.com. Peter Ferrari is known to all producers, and they knock on
4: his door to see if he can sell them gold. So that raised red flags, because the question was, why would they be buying gold from somebody with this reputation? NTR, like other gold importers,
2: is required to have a compliance officer who handles anti-money laundering, or AML, requirements. Compliance is glorified due diligence. Tom Rapinello is a former compliance officer for a South Florida rival of NTR. He's also the former special agent in charge of the Drug Enforcement Agency in Miami. Due diligence means knowing who you're doing business with. Who is he? How does he derive his funds? Does he play by the rules? According to court documents, in August 2012, a Ferrari-connected business promises to deliver 5,000 ounces of gold a week to NTR, a multi-million dollar bonanza. But Elemental's compliance officer rejects the proposed deal.
3: And he gave them good advice, and he's he's a good investigator. He did his work, and he told them to stay away. The compliance officer emails Samer
2: Baraj and at least four elemental executives, saying criminal gold mining is a problem in Peru and that they need to be extremely careful. The government specifically cites the email in court papers. The Fed say his warning
1: is ignored. Companies, especially greedy companies, tend to have what we call a willful blindness. They're not following through on what the
4: compliance officer says. They need to make sure that the gold they're buying is not coming from criminal activities. These guys and Elemental were not doing that.
2: The NTR salesmen don't appear to hide their relationship with Ferrari.
4: It was alleged in the criminal complaint that actually um, Granda, Barrage and Rodriguez all met Peter Ferrari at a birthday party in Peru in 2013. The fact that they went to the birthday party, I think
3: that speaks for itself.
2: Situated at the western edge of the Amazon rainforest, the Peruvian region of Madre de Dios is an ecological marvel. It's studied by biologists from around the world.
5: A great biodiversity of species in the rivers, in the air, in the land, uh, the plants, the jungle.
2: In addition to its biodiversity, the Madre de Dios region is known for something else. The Fed say the region is the primary source of NTR's gold.
4: We suspect that a large, large portion of the gold was coming from Peru. Many of these mines are in the middle of the rainforest. There aren't even roads to where this is occurring. Here, illegal gold can be more lucrative than the drug trade. There are occasions where narcotic traffickers after a few rounds of laundering, their proceeds through gold dropped narcotics trafficking and just simply started dealing in illegal gold mining because it was more profitable.
3: A kilo of cocaine in the jungle is $2,500. A kilo of uh, gold is thirty to 40000 What would you rather move?
2: The illegal mining camps are a magnet for criminal activity.
3: Well, it's the indigenous people that were really affected and taken advantage of. You know, there were slaves, basically.
1: Sex trafficking springs up. Miners to work in these mines. If you have any heart or care about anything, these people are being hurt down there.
2: Mercury is used to separate the gold from the ore. Exposure to the heavy metal can cause brain damage, kidney failure, and even death. Workers often handle the deadly substance with their bare hands and feet. The people are poor, and they need the money to eat. That's why they do it. That's why they put themselves at risk by being in contact with mercury. For them, between eating and touching mercury,
4: they prefer to eat. They're destroying the environment. They're burning down rainforests, washing away the topsoil, mixing it with mercury, and leaving behind a Mars-like landscape where nothing will grow.
2: In 2016, the Peruvian government declares a state of emergency. As mercury from the illegal mines leaches into the local water and food supply.
5: When I go to the jungle, to the Madre Dios, to covert uh, I don't eat fish because it's dangerous.
2: Insiders say the conditions at the camps are well known in the gold industry.
5: It's a very secret in the industry. Yeah, you know, I've never been to a mine. I've never seen people with mercury poisoning or human trafficking or anything like that, but I know that's where the gold came from. On the Opium website,
2: the company touts their responsibly sourced gold, produced with conflict-free sources and manufactured with fair labor practices.
5: Yes, they know.
2: They don't care, that's obvious. Otherwise, they would have decided to stop buying gold a long time ago, given the amount of information coming out of South America. In 2013, the Peruvian government begins taking action against the illegal gold trade by destroying illegal mining camps. That December, government agents raid a holding facility in Lima that contains more than $18 million in illegally obtained gold. The raid has significant ramifications for the NTR salesman's business plan.
4: When the Peruvian government cracked down at the end of 2013, it made it very difficult to get gold, particularly illegal gold, out of Peru. After the Peruvian government's
2: crackdown, the NTR salesmen need to find new ways to move products. Authorities say NTR's criminal sources begin smuggling Peruvian gold across the borders.
4: You see a severe drop-off in the amount of gold NTR exports out of Peru, and then you see almost a corresponding increase out of the neighboring countries of Bolivia and Ecuador. Many of these borders are in the middle of the rainforest. It's very easy for them to get it across borders once they decide that's what they want to do. According to complaints filed against Granda and Barrage,
2: in 2014, NTR's Peruvian gold imports plummet by a whopping $900 million. It imports $270 million worth of gold from Bolivia and another $337 million from Ecuador.
4: The data really drove the investigation in the beginning, and this is the U.S. customs data. And we'd see in the aggregate these country by country trends. And it became immediately clear to us from this data that there was something wrong. To help move the gold from Ecuador to the United States, the NTR salesmen add a
2: new wrinkle to their playbook. According to allegations made in court papers, they use a local American company to do their dirty work.
4: That was absolutely the game. Any way that they could get the account approved at NTR Any way that they could get it out of the country, the sole purpose was to buy volumes of gold.
2: Ten short miles from the NTR office in Doral sits the cushy suburb of Coral Gables. Smack dab in the middle of the city's miracle mile is the luxury home store Violetta's. But rather than just selling expensive lamps and tchotchkes, Court Papers allege the boutique plays another role. It shares an address with a second company,
1: MVP Imports. The purpose in any kind of scheme is using as many layers and as many companies as you can get. As cited in Court Papers,
2: U.S. customs declarations show MVP Imports more than $330 million worth of gold from Ecuador in 2014. The company says it imports the gold and then sells it to NTR at a slight markup. But authorities say it's all a ruse. According to an affidavit from an FBI investigator, NTR is really buying the gold and using MVP
4: imports to mask
2: its role as the purchaser.
4: NTR was papering its file to make it look like it was purchasing gold directly from MVP Imports, when really MVP Imports was simply there on paper, and NTR was buying gold from multiple companies in Ecuador.
2: According to state annual reports, MVP Imports and the Violetas Home Store are both owned by Jeffrey Himmel, a prominent businessman in South Florida. The Himmel Group says on its website, that it's known for revitalizing, then selling off brands like Ovaltine, back pills, and Gold Bond Powder.
1: If you're hiding behind legitimate transactions with the appearance of legitimate import-export companies, builds up kind of an appearance of bona fides that, hey, this must be legit. Look at everything they're moving. They're not trying to hide it or sneak it through.
2: Himmel's attorneys later tell the Miami Herald that Himmel was duped by the NTR salesman. In 2015, the Fed say NTR sources in South America begin shifting their smuggling operations to another country. That year, NTR imports a breathtaking $722 million in gold from Colombia.
1: They're exporting more gold from Colombia than the country can produce. So that's where the woeful blindness starts kicking in for a lot of these businesses. They know that Columbia can't produce all this gold, but it must be okay because we checked with the broker and everything seems okay down to the broker.
2: Back at the Elemental Home Office in Texas, Doug Renardin says company executives are taking note of NTR's shifting
5: markets. We had that discussion, and that's when they said they would look into it more deeply. For two years,
2: Samir Baraj, Juan Granda and Renato Rodriguez keep up the charade. But they know their activities are drawing heat. In December 2014, Ronda texts his co-workers a newspaper article that examines the issue of gold smuggling in Bolivia. Texts that will later implicate the men. Looks like a hot topic, one salesman replies. Another asks if he should postpone an upcoming business trip to Bolivia. In another exchange from February 2015, Samer Baraj tells Juan Granda, we need more Peruvian gold from Bolivia and Ecuador. Can you make it happen?
3: They knew what they were doing, and they thought that they were smarter than everybody else and no one would catch them.
2: At the height of its success, NTR Metals imports hundreds of millions of dollars worth of illegal gold each year. Nearly all of it comes through the Miami International Airport.
1: The rule of thumb is, uh, with trade, if it's valuable or lightweight, it's going to fly. If it's heavy and not so valuable, it can go on a ship.
4: You don't want this um, out of your control for too
2: long if it's that valuable. But NTR's haul is just a fraction of the gold
5: that comes through the airport. That's a drop in a bucket. We're looking at tons of gold coming in. We're talking a lot of weight a lot of
2: value. Brian Picado is the watch commander with U.S. Customs and Border Protection at Miami International Airport.
5: Right now, there's a gold rush. I remember uh, being here 20 years ago, they were using diamonds, uh, emeralds, rubies, uh, being smuggled into into the country. Uh, Now it's gold. Every day, approximately 30,000 international
2: travelers arrive at the airport. Some have ulterior motives.
5: We're going to find a lot of elements that are illegal and criminal. Some of the red flags we were looking at are passengers' behavior. Their nervousness, their sweating, uh, they don't have the correct story straight.
2: Picardo says amateurs try to smuggle gold in unique ways.
5: They're bringing it in um, as different artifacts. They mold the gold into belt buckles, tools. I've seen a whole monkey wrench uh, in, <laughs> made out of gold and painted uh, black and, and red. Despite their
2: best efforts, Picado says these novice smugglers ignored a simple fact. It's not illegal to have any certain amount of gold. Passengers just need to officially declare any gold they're carrying, no matter what form it's in.
4: There's no limit. All you need to do is have the paperwork, the customs declarations, and come into the country with it.
2: NTR and other professional gold importers know this fact well and exploit it to the hilt. When NTR imports their gold, they always have their paperwork in order.
4: The gold brought to the United States was never smuggled into the United States. There was always a declaration filed with the U.S. Customs. A lot of those declarations were falsified.
2: Corrupt government officials in South America allegedly helped the NTR salesman move the gold.
4: It was alleged, and they pled guilty to bribing customs officials in Peru. There is corruption, a lot of corruption,
2: and that's why you can't combat that kind of activity. A lot of the burden for the gold being dirty is really based on the point of origin, how they handle their business. Duck Renadin says that the NTR suppliers he pays are always approved by U.S. Customs and anti-money
5: laundering compliance. All I saw were company names, and here's what they shipped, here's the money that needs to go to them. And if they're in the system, it's approved, because the AML people have approved it. He
2: says that his department never knows the real source of the gold that they're
5: buying. We're buying gold from, you know, some guy who comes into the office in a suit and tie. It's not like, oh, this guy has a team of 2,000 slaves digging in the dirt. Like, we, we didn't know that. I mean, should we have known that? Maybe, I don't know. But we never did.
2: The NTR case features a particularly important courier, Harold Vilches, a college student from Santiago, Chile. Beginning in December 2014, Vilches allegedly flies from Chile to Miami a few times each month, carrying millions of dollars in gold. Federal authorities say that method is common.
4: Sometimes it is shipped using a freight forwarder on an airline. Other times it's hand-curried, and someone would actually put it in a backpack or put it in a rolling suitcase and get on a plane and arrive and make the declaration that way.
2: According to a 2017 Bloomberg News Exposé, Vilches transports $80 million worth of gold for NTR over a period of 20 months. He's a tool. He's got a chance to take Peruvian gold out abroad. That's his talent, his advantage. He knows how to use computers. He has connections to America. In August 2016, Chilean authorities arrest Vilchez and charge him with racketeering, smuggling, customs fraud, and money laundering. Vilchez allegedly cooperates with investigators in Chile and the United States. Harold Vilchez could not be reached for comment. U.S. authorities won't confirm they work with Vilchez, but do say that confidential informants helped them build a money laundering case against NTR.
4: I look at the evidence as three major parts. We had the data and the records. We had the text messages. And then we had two confidential informants who filled in a lot of details. Together, they were extremely powerful in that they corroborated and supported each other. In early
2: 2017, NTR's hustle is over. In March, the feds indict Samer Barrage. Juan Granda and Renato Rodriguez, charging them with conspiracy to commit money laundering. From 2013 to 2017, federal investigators say the men imported $3.6
4: billion in illegal gold. Once we looked at the customs data, we knew something was going on. We began to compare that with records we were getting from NTR through subpoenas. These text messages help seal their fate. They confirmed what we already knew. That they were aware of illegal gold mining. They were aware of the existence of smuggling.
2: One particular exchange between Juan Granda and some friends is especially damning.
4: A friend of his said, Happy Valentine's to my favorite gold smuggler, and Mr. Granda responded by basically acknowledging the moniker and accepting it.
2: All three men plead guilty to the charge of conspiracy to commit money laundering. Juan Grande receives a six-year sentence. Samer Barrage gets six years and eight months, while Renato Rodriguez gets seven and a half years.
4: In part, I think it's a sign of the strength of the evidence. It's a sign that they accepted responsibility. And uh, it's a sign that they thought that the deal that was being offered was a fair one.
2: And just how much money did the three NTR salesmen pocket after importing $3.6 billion worth of gold? According to their pre-deals, the men made approximately $2.4 million in combined salary, which they had to forfeit under the government's judgment. After the arrests, Elemental issues this press release announcing they are cooperating with the federal government and closing down the Miami office. Doug Renadin, the former CFO of NTR's Florida operations, no longer works for the company when the indictments come down. He's never charged with any wrongdoing and says he only learns the truth about the Miami office after meeting with investigators.
5: I had no idea that they falsified things or were working with cross-border smuggling or anything like that. Absolutely no idea.
2: No other employees at Elemental or NTR are charged either. But the parent company does suffer penalties. In March 2018... Elemental pleads guilty to the charge of failure to maintain an adequate anti-money laundering program. They're hit with a $15 million
4: fine. They accepted a five-year probation, which prohibited them from buying any gold whatsoever outside of the United States. Prohibited them from participating in the international gold trade.
2: The London Bullion Market Association removes Elemental from its good delivery list while the COMEX Gold Market in the United States announces they will no longer guarantee Elemental product.
5: It's a tremendous punishment for them. They lost face in the industry.
2: Without those seals of approval, Elemental's business operations
5: are severely limited. They can sell coins, but it's not certified. It's kind of like buying a used car from a guy on the corner rather than buying a car at the dealership.
2: American Greed reaches out to Elemental for comment, but receives no reply. As for MVP Imports, federal investigators cite MVP's role in the complaint against NTR. But neither MVP Imports, nor Violetas nor its president Jeffrey Hemmel is charged with any wrongdoing.
3: He was a very wealthy man himself. Maybe he just assumed that everyone else, their money was clean too.
2: Himmel also doesn't respond to American Greed's request for comment, although he has previously released a statement saying, I'm kicking myself for allowing myself to be deceived. As for Peter Ferrari, he's currently locked up in a Peruvian prison.
4: Peter Ferrari has since been indicted for his role in committing illegal gold mining, money laundering, uh, and he's facing extradition to the U.S. in trial.
2: Meanwhile, in Southern Ohio, the OPM plant sits empty. In April 2017, the company lays off nearly its entire workforce. Employees have no idea about what has unfolded. American Greed contacts an executive with the OPM plant, but they decline comment. No one with OPM is ever charged with any
5: wrongdoing. I think the biggest loss is everyone who lost their jobs
2: anytime any job is lost to any person you know it's sad it's disappointing but what you have to do is say you know what we're going to buckle down we know
1: what we've got to offer we just got to make sure now more people know about it
2: since this case the feds have cracked down on several other precious metal businesses in south florida
4: but the illegal gold trade
2: continues
4: i think it is really important to put industries on notice I think it's very hard for another gold refinery to now deny knowledge that this is happening.
3: But the sad part is that this industry employed thousands of people down here in South Florida and those people are hurting now. And if you look at the people that were hurt in South America, you know, it's the blood, sweat and tears of children. That's where it all started. It's really it's it's a tragedy.
2: Thanks for listening to the American Read Podcast, presented by CNBC. I'm Stacy Keach.
0: People today can spend half their lives over fifty. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Jenny!